0: to the Renegade Aviator
1: Radio Show with David Costa. All right, David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, sitting here in my hangar, looking at my two TS-11 Iskra airshow jets, sitting still, sitting quiet. This week, we turned fuel into noise. We flew the Iskra, had fun, woke up the neighbors, but now, silence. I sit here in gratitude. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back each and every week. This week, part of a discussion with two of my friends, Tim LaDolce and David Love. You heard Tim and Dave on a previous show when we were promoting the Truckee Tahoe Air Show, but today, I wanted to expand a bit more on the community service that goes on behind the scenes. On another show, I talked about Mecca, the EAA Air Venture in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, you can find the podcast version of all my radio shows. Just go search Renegade Aviator on Google. But today, today, if you have kids, if you have grandkids, or if you know somebody who has kids, listen to what is right in your backyard. The EAA Young Eagles, Tim LaDolce and David Love will give you some inspiration here. Two guys who give back to the next generation of aviators. Many talk about being good and doing good. Many people wait for someone else to do it. These two friends of mine humble me because they live it. They give back, they are aviators and they're bringing forward the next group. Listen to this. So what is the Young Eagles and how do people find out about it? Well, the Young Eagles,
0: is part of the Experimental Aircraft Association. It's now going on its 25th year, I do believe. What they wanted to do was to fly one million kids free prior to the Wright Brothers' anniversary of the first flight, Mm -hmm. which would have been 2003. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> in December seventeenth,
1: yeah, two 2003. Yeah, we all know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and so anyway, that would have been the 100th year, and we did it. In fact, I think we flew about 1.9 million by that age. And now we're up to pretty close to 7, 8 million you know, wow. kids have flown for free.
1: It's amazing.
0: Yeah, and they all get their own name. They get their own logbook. They get a name in a computer back at the EAA, so if they ever go to the— EAA Museum on Oshkosh, Wisconsin's airport, which is huge. It's yeah. second only to Smithsonian. That's good, yeah. They can just go in there and type their name, and it'll tell when they flew, who their pilot was, and huh. what the airplane was that they flew. Huh. You know, that's pretty easy. Their very first flight in. So yeah. that's something really cool. And we do that on the second Saturday of most every month, weather permitting. Second Saturday of every month from about 7.30 to 10 o'clock in the morning. After 10 o'clock, the winds come up a little bit, and it gets a little lumpy, so we try not to fly the kids that way. But uh, if the weather's good and it's the second Saturday of the month, come on up. We have a pancake breakfast, seven bucks, all you can eat, sausage, eggs, pancakes, juice, coffee, tea, you name it.
1: I'm embarrassed. I live, what, 40 (laughs) minutes from here, and I didn't know that, so how embarrassing for that's if got
0: an airplane you can fly up there that's excellent here. That's
1: excellent I didn't even know that so every saturday second saturday of every month yeah. the majority provided.
2: of kids we fly have never been in an airplane and that's such an amazing thing I've flown over 300 kids in my little two seater glass air 300 and very few of them had ever seen an airplane before so our goal was to say you too can do this and I don't care if you want math and science air traffic controller mechanic pilot whatever it is this is the window into that i have kind of a fun quick story to tell i was flying a young lady who was a junior in high school and she said i really want to do this so i said well this is a fun little airplane if you don't mind this one's got a stick and it's a little more maneuverable than the others and she said oh cool cool so we went up and we're flying along and i said what do you want to do she says i want to be a naval aviator now, women weren't doing that at that time. And so I said, well, okay. Oh, your grades? Oh, I have a 4.0. I said, how what, How's your vision? Perfect. I said, you ever thought about Annapolis? She said, someone mentioned that to me. I said, well, as a junior, you got to do it now.
1: Oh, that's right. And I timeline. said,
2: let me give you the email for our chapter. We'd like to know what happens because we're always curious. She said, I'll do that. And so about three years later, we get an email that says, hi, this is Mary. Maybe you remember me, but... I gave you, you were in my airplane. I said, great. She said, I'm in Annapolis. I said, well, keep in touch with us. A few years later, we get another email. She said, I am now a naval aviator. I'm getting, I just did my trap on an aircraft carrier. One of the first women ever to be accepted into the Navy as a fighter pilot. That happens out of this program now. It's rare maybe to reach the pinnacle of this process. But how many other hundreds and hundreds of kids got motivated? So we as pilots have more fun than the kids probably. Sure. Because it's such a wonderful time to show your airplane and what we do and fly over Lake Tahoe, which is so cool. But also another way that we can mentor, sponsor, sort of motivate young people into things that they never even considered in life.
1: It's the uh, resetting of that. We all do. We're all guilty of this, right? We're all guilty of saying, I can only do this much until you're shown that next window, that next pinnacle, right? You think adults are just the same way. You don't need to be a kid even to get in the aviation because you can join EAA as a non-pilot and help. They're called bald eagles. Bald. <laughs> so I like that, bald eagles. <laughs> so sorry. You can come in
0: and join an AA chapter at any time and never have flown ever.
1: Right, yeah. just, and be of service.
0: Just be of service, you know, because you're helping kids, you're helping moms, you're helping your community, yeah. you're helping the Civil Air Patrol, you know, because we give to the Civil Air Patrol yeah. to keep them healthy. Air Force, even though they're part of the Air Force, the Air Force doesn't give them much. The kids gotta pay for their uniforms. And these uniforms are gotten very expensive. You know, so yeah. So we try and help them out by giving them ten or twelve grand every through this air show. Right. We make that possible.
1: everything comes full circle. It really does.
0: So Tim and
2: I were Vietnam era pilots. And there were a lot of us at that point in time. But when you look at what's happening now in aviation, there's a shortage of pilots. There is. And civil aviation is where they have to come from. They're no longer this huge number of pilots out of the military. So The more we can open that window, young people, not only for the aviation industry and what's happening in math and science, it's just so important if we're going to have the next generation of young people in all the key things we're going to need.
1: Maintenance, right? We can't find people to fix airplanes. That's one of my biggest challenges. I operate corporate jets. You know how many places say we don't have anybody that wants to learn how to fix airplanes? Because some people think, well, flying's not for me that's okay. I love airplanes, but flying's not for me. You want to make a good living? Be a mechanic on an airplane. It's a highly respected career path.
0: Unfortunately, it doesn't pay as well as it should, but that is going to fast change. It has to. It's all about supply and demand. And when there's only a few people that have those skills, Mm -hmm. have that license, they're an airplane power plant mechanic. Airframe, actually, power plant yeah. mechanic. That license is gonna be worth buku bucks in not too long from now. Like you said, it's just next to impossible. Look at a segment of ice pilots, Northwest Territories, and you'll see how few mechanics yeah. are left. Yeah, you know, that really know what they're doing.
1: Even in this area, I mean it's hard to find guys to work on airplanes. It really is. And I mean there's these are six figure jobs. Yes. Six-figure jobs.
0: Yeah, so. Mike Rowe always says, you know, it's your plumbers, your electricians, so all these menial sort of
1: down-to-earth type mom-and-pop type. That pay good money. Pay really good and money. And you're never going to be unemployed. I mean, unless you want to be. Yeah. As I tell exactly. as I tell young, You'll young people. You'll never be broke. Right. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back after this break. Four more segments to go. We got some cool stuff coming up more great information and a cool vietnam story you want to hear a story about a vietnam renegade aviator stay tuned david costa renegade aviator we will be right back
3: just came back i was i was flew in the other day who are the people you fly a lot who are the people that clap when you land have you experienced this phenomenon they clap like what happened the last time they flew you know Oh, thank God we landed. Last time I hit a mountain. This is a bonus. I do not know we are going to land. They clap. What's the alternative to clapping when you la- I'm strapped in my seat and I'm on fire. Boo! Bad pilot. I'm not going to clap this time. I'm charred. They're clapping. I had a fly in the emergency exit. They make the announcement. Those people seated in the emergency exit if not able or willing to open up the emergency door consult a flight attendant. Now, I can understand the unable, but who the hell are the unwilling? Uh, sir, could you open the, the door? Of the plane's on fire. No, I don't think so. Please, we're all going to die. Look, I'm nobody's errand boy. I don't feel like it. I'm cranky. I take these Go higher. Go higher.
1: This is Dave Costa, the Renegade Aviator, and I want to put a plug out for thousands of the local, small airports all over this country. Chances are, wherever you live, there is a great airport right nearby. Go visit them and tell them that David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, sent you. These airports provide real value to local communities, and you will be amazed at who you will meet and what you will find there.
0: the host of the Renegade Aviator radio show, David Costa.
1: Alright, uh, Dave Costa, Renegade Aviator, back just like I promised with Tim LaDolce, with David Love, talking EAA, and uh, coming up, 100 missions in Vietnam. Listen up, here we go.
2: I work with schools a lot. I'm actually a licensed marriage and family therapist and we find that the trade are not promoted, kids aren't educated about them and If you look right now and you want a really good lifestyle in your life for you and your families, and you look at getting your BA in something in college or getting trained as a master in the trades, the trades win every time. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. But we have had a tough time. I always invite people, if you think you want to work on airplanes, come out to our hangar. Yeah, we'll 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 put put a wrench
0: in your hand and you how to do
1: it. And a lot of times... And this is, you know, not to be negative, but a lot of times the kids don't want to do the work. But you know what? We can focus on the negative or focus on the positive for that one kid, just like you mentioned, that one girl that says, I want to be a naval aviator. That's who we're looking for, right? We're sorting through and we can't help everybody. But if you want to get into aviation, there's people at every airport. I think across the country, I just had a conversation with a young lady was talking about glass ceiling. There's no place for her in aviation. I said, you haven't been to many airports. You come in an airport and most, I have never seen anybody turn people away. They're welcoming. I said, "Now you got to separate the grouchy from the welcoming, right?" So you know, I've been told that I'm not a welcoming person all the time because maybe because you're busy and working. But I guarantee you, to you people that are, I just want to come to these local community airports. Come on out and hang out. We no, all have just
0: walk out to that jet.
1: We love to show it.
0: When that door opens up, just be standing there. And when the pilot crawls out of the airplane, just say, hey, mister, can I see your airplane? (laughs) You think he's going to turn you down? No No. way. He's going to tour you all over that airplane. We were
1: all airline pilots. When you turn around and saw that kid looking up to the cockpit, right, what was the first thing you wanted to do? Come on in. in. Come on in. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: And I think it's important to understand, throughout the United
2: States and the world, there's an EAA chapter wanting kids to get more involved in almost every city that has an airport in this country. Yeah. And so it's really a grassroots kind of operation. And I think that's for people. And again, kids don't know it's there, then it doesn't right. be a part of their life. And this is our job to really educate kids, reach out to schools, reach out to families, that this is really something that's really a possibility in your life.
1: Absolutely. And it does. It does go back to what, you know, there's things we need to do in life. We need to get through school. We need to do good in school. But without the why, when the kid doesn't have the why, it's tough. Why do I need to learn algebra? Well, if you have a why behind that, you'll do it. Right. Why do I need to learn history? Why do I need to read better? It all goes hand in hand. So it helps the parents. And there's people that are giving. And I think that's the thing. But would it be fair to say that we need more people giving back?
0: I think people want to give back. They just don't know how. how? That's a good, that's you know, a good they point. They just need, again, a path to do it. And some of them give it to church. Some of them give it the local high school teaching basketball or baseball or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, others do what we're doing. You know, yeah. I built my own plane, too. It's a little very easy that Bert Rutan designed way back in the mid-70s. And it cruises at 200 miles an hour on six gallons of gas. And it carries two people.
1: It's better than a car. Yeah, much better.
0: <laughs> 44 miles to the gallon. <laughs> there you go. Well, but anyway, yeah. the thing about it is that I can land at any airport in this country. And I love flying like, into the Midwest. And you drop into some little airport on a Sunday morning. And there's nobody on the field and within twenty minutes cars are ripping in, mm-hmm. wanting to see this plane because it looks so different. Yeah. And then they've always got a car packed full of kids. Yeah. And those kids come out, they just their jaws are sitting on the ground. They can't believe this is a plastic airplane. No, it flew over their house like a jet.
1: And what, I could build this? Yeah, I could, I could actually
0: put this together. And now and it's advanced
1: yeah. stuff. Carbon fiber, composite, yeah. avionics. Yeah. These are real airplanes. These home, I always tell people this, home built are, they're complex airplanes. They these are? are not trial and error. These things are glass air, a very easy, long easy, <laughs> all these things. Yeah.
2: My glass air had better avionics in it than my jet aircraft in the Air Force had because <laughs> I had full GPS in this thing. And we were still doing maps and all kinds of other stuff. They call it VORs and tac ends, But it was like old time flying. And it was only 10, 15 years later.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, how many times
2: have
0: you sat in a cockpit and went, what I wouldn't have given for this little oh, tiny GPS crap. sitting here in my lap Yeah, back in Vietnam? Okay, there you
2: go. <laughs> well, in the Gulf As of the War, we had guys that were back seats in a lot of state-of-the-art fighters that went down to the local store and bought themselves a handheld GPS because yeah. it was better than what they had at the airplane.
3: We time. did that flying
1: freight. I had a Lear 25, and we sat a little. It was a boat GPS. It was Direct 2, <laughs> right. but it was better than the stupid other stuff I had in the airplane. Yeah. Direct 2. Okay. How yeah, exactly. long? <laughs> oh,
0: 28 minutes? and Perfect. 30 seconds. <laughs> up, 29 bro.
2: seconds. Straight. Up. 26 seconds. Like, yeah. <laughs> and on your iPad today with some software, you have what used to cost twenty five to $30,000 in an airplane, and mm-hmm. it's as good if not
1: the boyhars, no, it's better. It's better, Weather radar. We could segue into that as a Vietnam. What I'd like to do is we're trying to reach out to more Vietnam-era pilots because that's kind of the start of what I call the last great aviators, you know what I'm saying? Post-Vietnam, maybe a little bit into my generation, but now we're seeing a fall off of the stick and rudder stuff, right? Yeah. And the Vietnam era, combat or otherwise, were you both in combat or you're both no. in combat, right, or no? I don't think they
2: were. I wasn't in combat, but flew classified okay. reconnaissance flights.
1: But the point is, it's an <laughs> old, just risking his life to yeah, <laughs> I guess, But he just can't talk about it, he have to kill us. Yeah. But where I'm going with that is the Vietnam era has been overlooked, Right, because the Second World War yeah. had the cool stuff, right? the P- We all love P-51s. But when I go to the Reno Air Races now and you look, I always watch what's flying around the pylons. The kids aren't looking at the at the Unlimiteds anymore. They like the jets. So Vietnam was a jet era. Yeah. But it was a jet era that you actually had to fly the jet, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the jets, you guys flow. There was no FADEC. <laughs> there was no, you didn't just, you know, I mean, so So. My, my, my point is the jets were new, they were the state of the art, they were flown, they had some evil traits. Oh, yeah. Right? That Today, we've worked evil traits for the most part out on most stuff.
0: Yeah, most of it.
1: You know, learn from mistakes. Well, correct. So somebody usually died in the process. (laughs) All right, let's just stop right there. Oh boy. More to come. Stay right here. David Costa, Renegade Aviator. I'll be back, I promise. Stay put. Now some of y'all may know already, I've had this lifelong fear of air travel. I don't mind flying, say, once a year, just to catch up on my drinking and my praying. (laughs) owners now might be the best time to get a business aircraft you think your company is too forward to afford a jet need more time want to get back home and see the family more often sick and tired of the cattle car way of flying with the airlines in about 26 minutes i can see if you would be a good fit for what we do at renegade jets the call is free and without obligation let's talk 888-366-5256 All right, David Costa, renegade aviator, Tim LaDolce, and a war story. You want a war story? Real life? You know, Vietnam pilots get overlooked, so I'm on a mission to interview Vietnam-era military pilots. These were the glory days for jets. Vietnam sucked, and guys were slaughtered for nothing. And we, Americans forget their sacrifice here we go vietnam fighter pilot story with tim
0: here's a story i can tell you i was fairly new and uh they would always tell you your first 10 flights you got to get your turn flights 10 first 10 flights north once you get those under your belly you're good to go you know you got 100 now you got down to 90 and you've got 10 under your belt and you're gonna make it you know and they say okay you know, i just gotta get that 10 in you know so on my 10th flight right i was mm. We were heading north and we were going to what they called the JCS number 59, which was the Tywin steel plant. Okay. About 20 clicks north of Illinois on a railroad. And it was where they, it was a big steel plant. And uh, our target was not the steel plant, but all the things around it. Hmm. You could hit the truck park, you could hit the boxcars, you could hit anything.
1: It was like a free for all.
0: But you weren't allowed to hit that truck. You couldn't hit the steel plant. That was off limits to be settled by court-martial, if you did. And every one of you had a gun camera. So the cameras watched everything. Oh, you know, and they shit. would come in, they pull the field, pull the film. It was the first thing the mechanics would come. They'd come and they rip that film out of the airplane. as soon as you landed, and run it off to go get it developed. So anyway, on my very tenth flight, you know, we had made the run-in. I was number four in an element of four. And I made my roll-in and dropped uh, some MK-82s, 500-pounders, on this truck park. And I was pulling off of it and climbing through 16,000 feet. we heard, the deedle, deedle, deedle. and that told Uh-oh. me it was a Sam. <laughs> and it was very close. And I immediately whooped the airplane upside down and started pulling down. And I could see it coming up at me. And I just dodged it at the last second and it went by. Big uh-huh. old telephone pole, 35 feet long, scared of living.
1: That's a big missile. <laughs> missile
0: with a 450-pound explosive head on it.
1: Oh, man. Yeah.
0: I knew could not turn around and get, come and get me. So I pulled out of the dive and went right back up and bang, got me in the tail. Not that one, but the second one was the first time they had shot a volley of two off. Hmm. They usually only shot single volleys yeah. and did two. Uh, and from that point on in the war, they would fire two to four Sims uh, every time. You know, d- during one
1: of their yeah.
0: volleys. Anyway, blew my tail off.
1: So you weren't flying very well at that point. No, no, I was <laughs> sort of like in a, in a spin yeah. and
0: on fire. Yeah. And uh, luckily, the airplane was now about 10 miles west of the plant, and I was at 16,000 feet and punched out. Mm. And I looked for my backseater, nowhere to be found. And now we know he was killed in action. Mm. But uh, that was my 10th. As a kid. As At 22 years old. 22
1: years old. So, Unbelievable.
0: Yeah. I, I went I mean, back to do 90 more. I was picked up. So you did 100 within missions. Within 20 minutes, got my 100 missions in. Nine months it took to get 100 missions in. Went to the weapons school, and went back and did a 100 more.
1: Same type airplane?
0: Same airplane. It
1: had to have been a different—obviously, we're at war. But we're at war now, but it's a different kind of—I don't think the kids understand today, right, not that we're saying anything negative about our pilots today, but it was a different kind of a flying.
0: Yeah. Now, if you're flying a fighter jet— you've got more defensive capability. You know, you've got flares that kick off the airplane just a punch of a button and it'll fire 100 flares off, which are 10 times brighter than the sun. And it's if, it's a, if <laughs> it's a heat-seeking missile that's coming after you, it's not gonna chase you anymore. It's going after one of these hundred suns that are being exploded on your butt. <laughs> yeah.
3: People come back from flights and they tell you their story. And it's like a horror story. It's they act like their flight was like a cattle car in the 40s in Germany. That's how bad they make it sound. They're like, it was the worst day of my life. First of all, we didn't board for 20 minutes. And then we get on the plane and they made us sit there on the runway for 40 minutes. We had to sit there. Oh really, what happened next? Did you fly through the air incredibly (laughs) like a bird? Did you partake in the miracle? Of human flight, you non-contributing zero, that you got to fly. You're flying. It's amazing. Everybody on every plane should just constantly be going, "Oh my God! Wow! Yes! You're flying. You're you're sitting in a chair in the sky." Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's right. Hey, David Costa, the Renegade Aviator. Want a free team decal? All you have to do is call my office, 888-366-5256, and leave your name and mailing address, 888-366-5256. We will send you a free Renegade Aviator team decal. Be the envy of your friends and family, 888-366-5256. It's my way to say thank you, and I'm grateful for you being a fan. Renegade Aviator.
0: The host of the Renegade Aviator Radio Show, David Costa.
1: Yep, it's me. You know what? Kids are precious, but kids end up doing our dirty work in combat. And we humans, were amazing creatures. No matter how bad things might be, if you're doing something you love, it never ceases to astound me how we can look back at the adversity and challenge and failures that we faced in the past with a positive translation. Dave Love and Tim LaDolce, local guys who give back. Here we go. What did you start out with when you went into the military in those days? It was probably a T-37, T-38? No,
0: actually, they put you in what is a Cessna 172 with a constant speed propeller.
1: Oh, the uh, T-41. Yeah. Right? Pitch <laughs> An
0: bank and puke, and if you puke, you washed
2: out.
1: Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Is that done? You're done. Yeah. You, you're done.
0: Yeah, you're, you're gone. You know, <laughs> they don't have any time for you. Yeah. You know, luckily when I went in, I was already a private pilot with an instrument rating. Okay. You know, so I did that while I was, that's how I got through college. Seriously. Uh, right you know, I, I ferried airplanes from the Piper plant all to all East Coast and Midwest. Right. It goes we're back... following railroad tracks. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. They had no instruments in them. That's right. Really they were out of rig. Brand new. <laughs> brand new, out of well, rig. Huh. You know, supposedly they have been swan, spun one or two times, you know, by a factory pilot, but I don't believe it.
1: But the <laughs> one you're flying was picked up on a Friday. Yeah. You put it together on a Friday. I was on I was <laughs> <like> sideways down <laughs> a railroad track trying to get
0: it to cut Iowa. Oh, wow. Yeah, to the dealer. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll fix that at the dealer.
1: <laughs> so what was the timeline? So you're coming out of college... And you're in combat how long? One year later. One year later.
0: Yeah,
2: we got to fly the T-37, what we called the Tweet. The which tweet. was a was the first jet. First jet. And they spun us, and then they spun us a lot more. So you, know. you learned what that whole world was like. I and actually got to fly the T-Bird first. Yeah. Oh, there you go. He did. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And
2: good. then I, I ended like up that. in the T-38. So I'm a student pilot going supersonic. To all of us. In work. a
1: highly loaded wing.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> you had to take care of that airplane because it was one that... You know, we lost students. Um, they lost an average of one student per class because of the complexity of that aircraft. But, but you couldn't go on to the next level if you couldn't handle that level of airplane.
3: But
1: that's key because I think as we've come through aviation, our risk aversion has gotten far... It's so much safer now in, in all aspects of aviation. So imagine today, what you guys know coming out of the military, one per class not making it. Yeah. That would shut down our military training in these days, wouldn't it? Was it because of we were in war or was it because that's just the way it was?
0: It's just the way it was. Yeah. You know, you're going to lose a certain amount of people. And, of course, training command does not like to lose anything. Sure. So they scale things back and they won't really let you do or go as far as perhaps you did. There's We had major complaints about that when I was back in those days was always that, like when I went to the fighter weapons school, that was the first time somebody actually sat in the back seat that knew more than I did mm-hmm. about the airplane, you know. It could actually show me what a an upper yo-yo looked like.
1: Right. You know, or all these... It's hard to read videos. a book and do that. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, I mean, it actually have you perform it, and you, you go, geez, I can do that. I mean, why didn't I think of that? And they just go, all this stuff was back in World War II. Actually, a lot of it came from World War One." Yeah. You know? And it was just now you're in a much more energy driven airplane. So if you're going up against an opponent with a lot less energy, how do you counter that? Well, you do that with these high yo-yos and low yo-yos and you know scissors and you know, mm-hmm. so you can spin off this energy and keep it up and you know, so that you can get right on their butt and they never knew what hit them. Then in came, as you know, the oodle loop. Orient, the two O's. All right. Okay, so observe. Okay. So you look, right? All right. You're looking at an opponent or something, right? Okay. Orient yourself to where that is. Okay. Decide.
1: Okay, I like it. Then act. Imagine that.
0: And then the <laughs> moment he does something that changes it, you go back into the OODA loop. Oh. keep going to u oh, oh, okay. OODA loop. And he cannot beat you. Interesting. And John Boyd used to put people on his back, and he discovered this. Mm. You talk about stick
2: and rudder flying. That's what it still was, and people who lived, they were better trained, but they also thought faster, could be one step ahead of their opponent, and that's why, and This is the that's air, air show we're doing. That's yeah. what Bud Anderson talks about all of the time. That's the um, that one step.
1: We see this. Um, I'm just now putting in my letter deviation authority to the FAA to use the ISKras. We're buying a third one now to do jet upset training.
0: Well, I'm it's got a back seat, right?
1: It's got a back seat.
0: You know, you should be done teaching at the at the Edwards and at, pa- at Pax
1: River. We're we're talking to them. You know what we're talking to them about the Iskra. I can do four hundred knots, and I'm small. Yeah, more for the look down for the F thirty five twenty two guys. What they're mm-hmm. leading is targets. Yeah. So they just need somebody to blend in with the terrain. Oh, Collier's
0: taking his T-bird uh, down. Greg
1: is. And I feel so good for the guy. He's such a nice guy. And so we were sitting there at ICAST. He was talking about it. One of the other air show guys was like, hey, well, you know, I flew in the Air Force. How come I didn't get the call from Edwards? And Greg's just smiled. He goes, hey, look, you know, grateful to be there and do this. And now he's doing Pax River.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What the hell? They just want to see different airplanes.
1: They just want to have a look. They want to put their pilots in those airplanes and see how they handle. And yeah, yeah. See what?
0: How's this thing flowing?
1: Well, we yeah. have um, a we have a MiG 21
0: yeah. right
1: now that we're bidding a um, missile launch contract on. The only problem is, <laughs> you guys appreciate that both of us, although we can fly the MiG 21, we've never shot missiles. And they want to put a belly rocket commercial deployment. So we got to fly a Mach 1.2 profile at 50 degrees, nose up, and then drop Drop this. Okay, neither one of us are military pilots. Neither one of us have ever fired anything off of an airplane. And the MiG-21 never fired rockets from its belly. So we're talking to to this other company and going, you need some more money because, number one, we need a chase airplane. Number two... You know, we have the airplane, we can make it happen, but we need more people, smart people, that I don't know what happens when something drops off the belly of an airplane. Is this mock one. <laughs> All right, we'll just stop right there. Another break. Observe, orient, decide, act, and repeat. The OODA loop. Tim and Dave, thank you. One more break, but to locate a Young Eagles program near you, call my office, 888-366-5256. Be right back. Questions, comments, suggestions, or inspirational stories. Call the Renegade Aviator, dial 888-366-5256 anytime and leave us a message. Want to listen to all of our shows? Find us on iTunes, Google Play, iHeart, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you find podcasts. Just search the Renegade Aviator radio show, A-V, the number 8R, renegadeaviator.com.
3: So the and from You know here's the thing people like they say there's delays on flights delays yeah. really New York to California in five hours. That used to take 30 years to do that. And a bunch of you would die on the way there and have a baby. You'd be a whole different group of people by the time you got there. Now you watch a movie and you take a bus in your home. Yeah. Absolutely. Questions, comments, suggestions, or recommendations? Call the Renegade Aviator at 888-366-5256 anytime and leave us a message
1: the OODA loop observe orient decide act and repeat I'm adding this to my Black Belt Aviator Expert Coaching Program. Call me, 888-366-5256, if you want more information and uh, finding out about the qualifications to be included in this program. So what did the Young Eagles program have to do with an F-4 Phantom Vietnam fighter pilot story, huh? Why do that? Listen up, observe. There are opportunities all around you opportunities to take you from where you are today to where you want to be. Orient yourself towards where you want to be. Point yourself towards what you want. Decide. Kids, schools won't teach you this. Make a decision in your life. Adults, you ought to know better, but we all benefit from a little coaching. You see it. You know what it is or where it is, so simply decide. That decision will require action if you're a person of integrity, someone who does what they say they will do. And I know that's you. Now repeat the OODA loop. Kids, those old guys and gals you meet, might have been a former Tom Cruise Top Gun type or someone with a story to share that is way more interesting than what you find on YouTube. Young and old benefit each other. Life is ebbs and flows. If you want to do something, go talk to people who've done it. Conversely, if you've been through hell and back, failed and succeeded, give that next generation the gift... Of your experience. To get more information on EAA Young Eagles, go to EAA.org or call my office 888 366 5256. That's it. Knock it off. Bingo. RTB David Costa, the Renegade Aviator.
3: See ya.